Grace to you in peace and welcome. You're listening to Second on the Mount, a podcast of sermons from Second Presbyterian Church in beautiful Roanoke, Virginia. My name is Ben Brannan, Associate Pastor for Youth and Young Adults. And each week it is our hope that from the pulpit, God will twist and mold our words to land upon the listener's ears in a meaningful way that will inspire faith, encourage hope, and cultivate love in action. Thanks for tuning in. We're so glad you're here with us. Please subscribe and share, and I pray that through our words, you may grow closer to God. Would you pray with me once more? May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Our scripture reading for today comes from the Gospel of Luke. As you see in your bulletin, as I mentioned earlier, we are commissioning our Bibles and Bricks youth mission team today as they depart for the Dominican Republic this coming Saturday. The team of 14 will spend the week leading vacation Bible school for some 300 local kids and working on some construction tasks for the newly constructed medical clinic. I say this now just because our passage in Luke today is the commissioning of the 70. Some manuscripts say 72, but we'll talk about that in a little bit. Jesus sends this group of quote-unquote laborers out to every town and place ahead of himself to prepare the way. My sermon today is specifically directed to our mission team out there, of which I am a part of, so actually this is a great lesson in preaching that most of the time we are actually preaching to ourselves. But I do hope that this message of being sent out as laborers, this lesson in what I am calling mission mindset, is heard by us all as our own commissioning to be laborers of the harvest. So listen now to Jesus commission the 70, but more importantly, listen to God's word to us this day. We are reading from Luke chapter 10, verses 1 through 11. After this, the Lord appointed 70 others and sent them on ahead of him in pairs to every town and place where he himself intended to go. He said to them, The harvest is plenty, but the laborers are few. Therefore, ask the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into the harvest. Go on your way. See, I am sending you out like lambs in the midst of wolves. Carry no purse, no bag, no sandals, and greet no one on the road. Whatever house you enter, first say, peace to this house. And if anyone is there who shares in peace, your peace will rest on that person. But if not, it will return to you. Remain in that house, in the same house, eating and drinking whatever is put in front of you, whatever they provide, for the laborer deserves to be paid. Do not move about from house to house. And whenever you enter a town and its people welcome you, eat what is set before you. 
cure the sick who are there, and say to them, The kingdom of God has come near. But whenever you enter a town and they do not welcome you, go out into the streets and say, Even the dust of your town that clings to our feet we wipe off in protest against you. Yet know this, the kingdom of God has come near. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Can you imagine, can you imagine getting prepared for a long journey, a long vacation, a a week to Disney World, or a week-long mission trip to the Dominican Republic, and taking nothing with you? No sippy cups, no extra snacks, nothing. This coming Saturday, our youth mission team will be taking loads of supplies that you have graciously donated. We are preparing almost 12 suitcases loaded to the brim with food and supplies for the Solid Rock Guest House Pantry. Loaded with lots of recreation stuff like balls and bubbles with our own vacation Bible school supplies to serve the estimated 300 kids that will attend next week. And we even have a suitcase of our own personal belongings. We have prepared for our mission trip by filling out permission forms, health forms, behavior and team covenants. We have gone over our packing list and we have gone over our packing list, and we have gone over our packing list. We don't want to forget anything. And as we have prepared, one passage of focus in our mission team devotional is on the sending of the twelve as told in the Gospel of Mark, and I know each of our mission participants have already read that passage and have prepared. But what we are considering in our preparation is how Jesus instructs the 12 to take nothing with them, much like his instruction here when sending out the 70. Jesus instructs them to take nothing. Well, almost nothing. The sending of the 12 is in all three synoptic gospels, but there are some differences in each. In Matthew, Jesus instructs the disciples to take no gold, no silver or copper in your belts, no sandals, no staff. In Luke, it says, take nothing for your journey, no staff, bag, bread, money, and do not have two tunics. And in Mark, it says, no bread, no bag, no money, not two tunics but take with you a staff and sandals. I chose Mark's account for our devotional because I like Mark's account the best. At least we would get to take a staff and have some shoes for our feet. I mean, I do believe shoes are actually a requirement of Solid Rock International, so really we're just following the rules. But nevertheless, we have prepared our stuff. I mean, we have all heard the saying, Failing to prepare is preparing to fail, so we have done our best to prepare for what lies ahead of us next week. But we have also prepared for our mission in ways that I believe align more with Jesus' instructions. We have prepared our minds, 
our hearts and our spirits for the journey ahead. We have gotten to know one another on a deeper level, creating team cohesion and learning about one another's fears, one another's excitements, and even one another's quirks. We have bonded as a group and as individuals, and we have prayed. We have prayed that the work that we do is in line with Jesus' instructions. We have also prepared by slowing down, by developing an awareness of our surroundings to see the things and notice the things we often miss in our busy lives. Jesus, sending out the 70, does not equip them with material things. Rather, Jesus de-equips them, saying, carry no purse, no bag, no sandals. Remove any physical barrier that may stand in the way of true presence. The only two things the commissioned group of 70 are to take with them is the consistent promise of peace and the knowledge of the presence of God's kingdom. These are the two proclamations Jesus offers them as they journey out into the world, the promise of peace and the knowledge that God's kingdom has come near. The first proclamation sounds simple enough. It says, whatever house you enter, first say, peace to this house. Peace is the first word to offer those you encounter. This is the opening line Jesus instructs us to say. The Commission 70 are going out to people they have never met before. And they are going out like lambs in the midst of wolves to a world that may not welcome them. But the opening line is always peace. Peace to this house. Notice Jesus does not instruct them to take assessment of the house before making this proclamation. Jesus doesn't ask them to offer a questionnaire or survey to check the boxes to see if the house they are entering is a house that believes the same thing they believe in, lives the same way they live, or even eats what they eat. Jesus does not tell them to do a risk assessment or prejudge whether this house will be worth their time and their resources. Whatever house you enter, first say peace to this house. This peace is not simply a hello or a greeting. This peace, this peace is that a representative of God's salvation. That is God's salvific shalom. The shalom, this shalom, is to be the opening word to all people you encounter. And Jesus goes on to say, if anyone is there who shares in peace, your peace will rest on that person. But if not, it will return to you. First, this instruction concludes and affirms that the 70 Jesus sends out do, in fact, possess peace. It is not an empty proclamation. Jesus says, your peace, your peace will rest on that person. 
As we engage with others as the 70 did so long ago, we must be grounded first in God's peace. The peace that surpasses all understanding. And it is more than a calming presence. It is confidence in God's abiding presence with us that then allows us to share that peace and that presence with others. This peace is the enfolding reality of God's love in this world. It is the fulfillment of the promise as we read in the first chapter of Luke. It is the peace made known in the birth and life of Jesus Christ who came to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace. This instruction of peace subverts the reactive nature we are so accustomed to in our everyday interactions. Extending Peace, your peace, the peace we know from God's abiding presence means we no longer see others as objects upon which we act or upon objects that we react, but as sacred individuals, divine image bearers with whom we justly and peacefully engage. But this peace may be conflictive because it will be confronted at times by the wolves of the world. There are wolves, people who will encounter that do not share in peace or receive the peace we extend. And too often in the face of opposition, our stance is one of hostile reactivity, reactive hostility, one of persuasion or indifference. But Jesus reassures us and the 70 that peace is never lost. It is never wasted on an interaction because the peace you extend, if not received, will return to you. Jesus equips us for our mission first with the promise of God's abiding peace. The second proclamation is the knowledge of the nearness of God's kingdom. The promise of the kingdom of God is not limited to only those who welcome those Jesus sends out. God's kingdom is proclaimed in all encounters, whether accepted or rejected. This promise is for all. The new kinship that has come near this new way of understanding all of our human relationships is life-changing. It is a transformative promise of God's ordering and reordering of all things. So back to the 70 or 72, the debate can be traced back to the list of nations found in Genesis 10, where the Hebrew text lists 70 nations, where or as the Septuagint, the Greek translation of the Old Testament, lists 72. The list accounts for all the nations of the world, and so the number here implies that Jesus sends out this group of 70, this commissioned group of 70, 72, to all nations of the world. This group is to tell the world, all the nations of the world, the kingdom of God has come near. 
And so we too are to proclaim this promise to all the world. Jesus' commission here provides us with the mission mindset. A mindset of of courage and humility. Because it takes courage to be vulnerable. It's the courage to be vulnerable. Courage to take nothing with us. No provisions needed for our journey. But the courage to accept the hospitality and support of those to whom we are ministering. This vulnerability is inescapable in the mission to which Jesus calls his disciples. In our mission, we are to take the stance of vulnerable dependence. We are so accustomed in our lives of privilege to be the one giving, but we are now called to receive. We are accustomed to playing host, but now we are called to be guests. The mission mindset calls us to be vulnerable, to have courage to be vulnerable, and it also calls us to be humble. If we are not welcomed or the peace is not received, it is not our duty or our pride to take over to then convince. Do not let your pride get the best of you. We are instructed to shake off the dust of our shoes and move on. Humility releases us from being weighed down by rejection or releases us from the paralyzing idea that we did something wrong. It allows us to respond nonviolently to opposition because the kingdom of God is still near. We do not go out on mission with our own agenda. Our own ideas of what salvation should look like for that particular household or those particular people. Humility calls us to be servants. My favorite mission quote is from Lila Watson, who is an aboriginal activist and social changer whose effort is to raise awareness of social injustice, racism, and colonialism in Australia. Her response to people who came up to ask her how can they help, her response is this, if you have come to help me, you are wasting your time. But if you have come because your liberation is bound up in mine, then let us work together. Courage and humility provide a way of partnering with others, to seek liberation that is not of our own. It is to join in God's liberating work in the world. The courage to be vulnerable and the call to be humble servants is hard. It is hard and scary because it releases control and calls us to be open with others, open with ourselves and with those whom we encounter. The mission mindset of courage and humility is grounded in the two proclamations of God's peace and of the nearness of God's kingdom. It is a grounding in God's activity, God's movement in and through the world because God is the God of the harvest. 
We are called to be laborers. Laborers sent out to proclaim the good news of God's transforming love and peace to all the world. I wonder, how might you take the good news of peace to those around you? How might you extend the peace of God we know in Jesus Christ? Maybe it is simply being present with those you encounter without prejudice, without taking a risk assessment, seeking to truly see them as divine image bearers, no matter their appearance or beliefs. How can you, in your everyday life, put into your own words Jesus' proclamation, the kingdom of God has come near? Perhaps it is telling someone I can see God's love around you. Or maybe it is reassuring someone by saying, God is at work in your life. I can see it. If I were to adapt Jesus' instruction for our mission in the coming weeks, it may go something like this. You are going out in pairs Because the world can be scary, you need each other. But take nothing with you except God's peace and God's presence. Take no wallet or credit card, nothing that will set you above others financially. No safety net. Lean into vulnerable dependence as a humble guest. Rely on the hospitality of others. Take no bag for your mission. All you need is what God has already put inside of you. Take no cell phone. Put down the things that distract you from being truly present with one another. Seek understanding from those you encounter. And be urgent. Be quick in proclaiming the good news of God's peace in this world wherever you go. Because wherever you go, the kingdom of God has come near. Beloved, the harvest is plenty. The laborers are few. May we be laborers and join in the work of proclaiming the good news of God's love and peace to all the world. Amen. Second Presbyterian Finding Direction by Following Jesus